Kitchen here on 2 with a new programme for young adults. Nose in, around. Hi, my name's Baz, and me and my mates thought the TV just wasn't now, right? I expect, like us, you're not into all that stuff your old man's into, right? So, we just thought we'd have a programme for us, right? And this is it, nosing around, yeah, N-O-Z, Z for that. It's a programme for young adults, made by young adults, and concentrating on all the subjects that young adults are interested in, like unemployment. Maggie! fans, move milkers everywhere. Welcome to episode number 243 of Blast Points is Jason. And this is Gabe. And you know, last month we did an episode, award-winning, critically acclaimed episode about the some of the best no's in the saga, but I didn't feel like we were done. No, it's one thing for people to scream out the word no, but that's not the only no's in the Star Wars universe. We we felt a protuberance in the force. <laughs> yeah. How do you follow it up? You follow it up with no ziz. But, I, you know, Gabe, I, I don't feel like we can do this alone. No, I don't think so. There's only one person who's brave enough to join us to talk about nothing but noses. What's that I hear? Hark. <laughs> they need me. I've got to get to the Blast Point studio in, in parts unknown. <laughs> it is I, Tom Spina, your long lost, uh, <laughs> certainly a, a nasal American like myself can be, uh, 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 can join in an episode like this. Why just because, beak 
cause. No, no, I tried. <laughs> it didn't, didn't quite work. <laughs> Did it come off too snotty? Before we dive in, Tom, I can't wait to hear what you got going on Regal Robot, but have you ever, have you, have you sculpted a lot of noses? What's the experience like of dealing with noses and like getting in the clay, like... How important to the face is the nose? Uh, it, I mean, it is. It's it's weird. So strangely, so there are times when you're sculpting, uh, like with an alien, you tend to, I tend to focus on it more with a human. I don't know how the noses happen. There, are, there have been sculpts where I've sculpted a whole person. And then like at the end, I go like, well, I should work on the nose. And then the nose is just done. And it was just kind of like, did I just like, chisel that in while I was doing other stuff. Like it just sometimes comes together like that. Noses are weird though. They're tough to read sometimes in, uh, you know, they, they can look very different in different angles and, and certainly just in terms of star Wars noses, we've sculpted our share at the studio, big, small, and, and we'll just say other, uh, <laughs> always in, interesting thing when you're talking about uh the the alien noses of star wars i i don't know if it's interesting enough for a very long podcast but i think that's what we're going to find out today <laughs> and that's and that's why we have you here i can only, only i can bring that sort of confidence to what we're doing <laughs> this is going to be great <laughs> <You know. laughs> all right so tell what's before we start diving into the noses of the original trilogy tom What's going on with Regal Robot? You, I, I gotta know. You gotta know. There's uh, <laughs> still a lot. We Between both companies, uh, Tom Sweet Designs and Regal Robot, we are extremely busy at the moment. So Regal is in the middle of Mando Mondays right now, which is the big Disney push for cool new Mando stuff being released every Monday. So we we just passed one yesterday. So if you're going to the site... Uh, you're going to see the brand new Bantha magnet that we just released yesterday. That's only like twenty nine ninety nine or whatever, and it's really awesome. Digitally sculpted by uh, the amazing Gordon Tarpley, uh, and friend of the show, as they say in the biz. And um, we have, over the last few weeks, released some pretty amazing stuff. Uh, some of them even with noses. Uh, <laughs> the, um, <laughs> We did. Let's see. So in September, we released the 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 our starting the start of our line of wood plaques, which are the wood art plaques that are great, um, kind of cost effective, really cool in depth in, in the know type Star Wars decor. There's the Wampa warning sign. There's the Darth Vader and flames patch. Um, in fact, next week we'll, we will be adding to that line with a new piece that is Mandalorian-related and really cool. So that will be our next Mando Monday. Tune in next Monday to the Regal Robot site or follow at Regal Robot everywhere. And then in another week or two after that for Black Friday, we're actually releasing four new wood plaques that are really cool vintage-type pieces. Anybody who collected the old figures and stuff is is really going to like the art we have on those and it's it's um i've been dying to do something with this art for a long time since we started regal and probably <laughs> from long before uh and so that's going to be really cool and then let's see going backwards we did last week was the mudhorn mini skull 
which is a five inch tall bone skull looking thing that is based off of the mudhorn beast from the Mandalorian. Uh, it goes really well with our mythosaur mini skull. And it's just, it's really cool. It just looks like real bone. They hand paint everyone in our studio and stain them up by hand. So they're all different. And then prior to that, talk about a nose, the Gamorrean fighter concept mm-hmm. maquette. Everybody saw the Gamorrean fighters in the first episode of Mandalorian, which was just awesome. I So I knew about that before the show came out. That was one of the few things that I knew for actually quite some time before. And it was sort of thrown to me as the idea of like Gamorreans, maybe as like sumo wrestlers or something was the the way it was sort of implied. And I was like, oh, my God, that's amazing. <laughs> but uh, the concept maquette. Uh, was something that we had access to the real deal. And this this sculpt has lineage to that original sculpt, which is just amazing to me that we get to offer people stuff like this. So if you go to our site, you can check that out. That's available now. It's a limited edition. Is that enough? Gosh, we got so much going. Um, yeah, just go go follow at Regal Robot everywhere, and then you can keep up with all the crazy stuff that we're doing. And then we can get back to noses so you don't have to listen to me yammer on about this stuff. to get serious here there's you know there's a lot going on in the world and we got to get really serious and talk we got to talk about star wars noses the people are crying out for it what noses are serious if you don't have a nose you can only breathe half halfway i don't know how accurate that is but we're gonna go with that (laughs) we're doing star wars noses i I believe i said I've been waiting for this my whole life. Yeah, we we couldn't do it with anybody else. I don't think we could even do it the two of us. We, you know, we. I think the whole time we'd be like, we need Tom Spina for these noses. <laughs> well, that's why we installed the Spina alarm. That's right. <laughs> just, just just for moments like these. I'm just glad again that it is Cantina Band Number Two and not the overplayed. No. Play that song again, joke, which they have. They're two songs. It's literally two songs in the movie. I'm sorry. That makes me so mad. So where do we begin to, to pick noses in the Star Wars universe? Are we going chronologically? I think we're going to we're going to start around the around the rim before we go deep into the into the picking. Is that what you're trying to say? I, mean, I, th- I think we're going to let's try and go the best we can in order. Shoot out. Some characters will briefly talk about the nose action that's going on with them. And I assume we're not, you know, we're skipping over a lot of the human noses unless there's somebody who's really exceptional. I think uh, I'm looking at, the, does Darth Vader have a nose? Well, Is that little upside down you with the concave silvery bit there? Like, I mean, that's kind it, of a nose. It, it kind of is, yeah. I wrote down in my notes, it's like a little silver gumdrop. You have notes? I have, Tom, <laughs> I have like 10 pages of note names. I am so not prepared right now. I feel terrible. <laughs> um, now, yeah, it's like a little inverted kind of gumdrop shape. Like it's it's a little like you know, negative, like, like you could stick something in there. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I mean, it's interesting to me when you can take a mechanical face but break it down where you say like you know 
those are teeth, that's the nose, those are the cheeks. I mean, these are things that are technically implied other than maybe the eyes. But it's really neat unless you really sit down and look at that mask and think about where things relate. I think that's the magic of that kind of design. You don't ever do that. You just look at it and accept it and you, you know, take it at, I'm going to say face value, not as a pun. (laughs) Um, But you you know what I mean? It's like the, uh, it's a little like the Chewbacca thing where you don't really ever look at Chewbacca and go, that guy in a big furry cot, you know, walking carpet suit. It's just, nope, that's Chewbacca. (laughs) And it's, it's not any kind of crazy complicated costume, but it's it's just Chewbacca. It's how they shot him. It's how Peter moved. It's how the suit was made. It, uh, it the, it's the strength of the design. It's just good design. It skips past your logic circuit and just goes right to your emotion spot. Your emotion spot. This is how space aliens like me talk about humans. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I, too, am a human like you with an emotion spot in my chest. (laughs) Do you think maybe they thought Darth Vader wasn't scary enough and all black, and if they gave him a silver nose, it kind of implies like a a creepy clown? So if you're scared of clowns, you get that that little extra bit of creepiness? He's got that alternating silver pattern. My thought was, uh, you know, and it's not symmetrical, so I I think the idea of those panels is – really to make the mask read on camera more than anything. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if that's where that silver came from, you know, but it could have been a deco thing, like just, just trying to make it more interesting than just all black. I think it's almost one of the things too, that I never really think about his silver nose. And now that we're talking about it, it's all I can see when I look at the helmet. Now. <laughs> well, I th- part of the thing I was thinking about is so many, like the toys, there's no silver nose. Like the, the mask is just all black. I feel like if somebody woke me up in the middle of the night and asked me what color is Darth Vader's nose, I would probably say, well, it's black. The whole mask is just black, but it's not. No. He has a silver nose. He has a silver cheek on one side. He has silver panels alternating. Basically, each side is the opposite of the other side. Um, you know, if there's a high panel that's silver, then the lower panel is black. On the other side, it would be the high panel black, the lower panel silver. And it goes that way around the whole face. It's something that tricks the camera into seeing more detail and making it look just not washed out, not muddy. I remember going to the Magic of Myth exhibit where they had one of the Vader face masks there, which the alternating silver panels on the on that mask were more subtle. But even with the mask in front of them, they were like, no, it's all black. And I'm like, no, it's not, though. <laughs> like, look at it. <laughs> and it's just you just accept that it's just light reflections or whatever. Um, but then once you start seeing those silver panels on it, you it's tough to unsee that. Are, are we ruining Darth Vader? Is that what we're doing <laughs> right now? <laughs> Did we finally go too far? And and we're done, guys. Yeah. That's what we were. <laughs> That's all we got. C-3PO and the Stormtroopers, both interesting. They both have like just like a little bump, a little groove, perhaps an implied nose. 
I, I think 3PO more than the troopers. What's interesting is they always call the thing up in the trooper nose area the frown, which, I mean, it looks like a frown with teeth. <laughs> um, so it kind of makes sense. But I always saw the vocoder thing down over that screen down at the bottom, the kind of like, not a screen, but the ridged piece in the mouth area um, feel, felt more mouthy to me. 3PO definitely has an implied nose. You know, there's, uh, it's, it's a lot smoother than it looks. It's funny. I see a lot of replica 3PO stuff where they make his nose really angular when you're looking at it from the, the side view in particular. Um, the real mask is, is a lot softer and smoother in that area, and it always reads more angular just because of the chrome. And, you know, the way that light reflects off it, you see a three-quarter with a reflection, and it looks really sharp down the center of his face, but it's it's not as much as it looks. Do Jawas have noses? You know me. I always default to sort of the making of as my 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 guide on this stuff. So I'm like, what Jawas have is gaffer tape on their face holding a couple of <laughs> flashlights on their eyes. So I'm going to say no noses on Jawas. Even if, even if they do, they're covered in wraps, and so there's just no way for us to nose. If they don't have noses, how do they smell? Awful. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. I, I So this was on Twitter. I'm going to go back. This was uh, uh, one of the most amazing moments in my life, uh, he says very sarcastically. Uh, but no, on, on Twitter – Pablo Hidalgo was uh, his his cat had an operation that removed his nose. It was like a nosectomy. They literally called it that. And unfortunately, the cat since has passed away. But he lived actually for a while without a nose because of that that surgery that actually saved him and, and kept him around a little bit longer. And the day of the surgery, you know, I, I tune in and there's my friend on Twitter and he just goes, ahem. My cat has no nose, dot, dot, dot. And then I'm like, in my head, it's happening. It's happening. <laughs> Tweet, quick, quick. How does he smell? And then just immediately after, like, awful. This thread has served its purpose and will now be closed. And it was just like, all my life, that joke. And it actually meant something. It was just, oh, uh, felt really good. You can never be too ready. No, no. I mean, I just felt <laughs> lucky that I tuned in. Like, I literally had just picked up my phone at the right moment to uh, to be a part of that. So, Jawas, yeah, I'm going to say no noses. Do Tuscan Raiders have noses? Mm. Like, is that metal, you know, kind of like carved piece in the center of their face? Is that a nose? Is that a, a mask nose like Darth Vader's little silver nose? I like to think they have noses in there. If they if they didn't have noses, they wouldn't need the the breathing stuff to protect their face. Right. I feel like <laughs> Macquarie did Macquarie ever do an unmasked Tuscan oh. anything? Dubacks have an interesting nose. They almost have like they have like one main nostril and then like a couple of flaps over it. The like a very tall nostril with a few flaps. It almost looks like a, an animal ear or something like that. Um, I don't know if that counts as like a multi multi nostril nose or something. I'm sure someone in some book would come up with 
a, a very long story about why that is. Is that our first multi multi nostril nose in the trilogy? Because or in or the saga? Because we got more of them coming up. There are definitely more. I don't. I think. I think of it as just an interesting single single nostril, or like you know, a, a, a some sort of divided nostril, or something like that, because it it is in one form. Why would Dubax need such a complicated nose? And I guess and we're going to get to this later with the with the Tauntaun, of course. But maybe Tauntauns make sense, and maybe that's the same thing with Dubax because they're in both locations. There doesn't seem to be food like around so they've got to have like really complicated nose made for sniffing out like stuff they can eat sure and maybe those the flappy bits there are because he needs to close it up during a sandstorm or something oh we could be we could do this right this all day (laughs) that's why you're here so i know we weren't really gonna talk about human noses but old Ben Kenobi, Alec Guinness, that's an exceptional nose. <laughs> Everything about him was exceptional. <laughs> Amongst just just absolute silliness all around him and just bringing class to every moment he was on screen. <laughs> and I say that with love and affection for the silliness. You guys know that. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah, it's very, very true. We should probably mention the Bantha because I would not have probably put the Bantha on the nose list until we got last week's Mandalorian with the beautiful close-up of the Bantha nose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now we know what gaffy sticks are used for. Um, <laughs> yeah. Thought they were for hitting people. Turns out, nope. It's like that little rubber thing on the end of some tooth, uh, toothbrush. It's got the same shape anyway. If only we knew someone who could make those for people teeth. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> We actually made the gaffy sticks for the show. The uh, at least the the Tatokia part of it, like the wooden Fiji clubs. We sent those for season one, and then they reused them. Uh, so when they were picking those teeth, I'm sitting there going like, "Ah, that's ours. That's cool." <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> there's there, there's no uh, Regal Robot gum dental team up where you can. <laughs> you can... <laughs> it's a different license, but I'm, our, our lawyers are talking to them. We'll, we'll figure it out. It's it's the it's the crossover everybody wants. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's funny about the Bantha because you're right. I, you know, in the A New Hope version, it was always just covered in hair. Uh, I, I thought they did such a good job with the Bantha in the new, uh, in the series for for Mando. Like, it was super faithful to the original, but just more detailed. And I mean, how cool that it actually got to do some stuff and like was on screen a lot and it was a big practical creature for for a lot of those shots like that was that was really awesome i didn't i didn't know i could love the bantha more than i already loved it but (laughs) (laughs) i do (laughs) if if we can head to the cantina there's probably some noses in there let's start with were oh gosh i thought that was an appliance I I remember just saying, you know, here's a guy, obvious big fake mashed potato nose and eye bags and scars and stuff. Clearly a lot of makeup. And then, no, that was just his face. So uh, kudos to Mr. Ted Burnett, uh, keeping keeping the name Ugly Agency, uh, <laughs> making it mean something. Godfrey and Cream. Go watch. Watch the video. Oh, God. So good. You'll cry. Uh, Danic Jericho. 
Uh, Nick Maley's first on-screen makeup, also a big mashed potato nose, this time actually an appliance made by Charlie Parker. No, not the musician. <laughs> Jasper. A little bit like Robin Williams's nose. I, I sculpted a Jaws per years back. We used it in a uh, Volkswagen commercial, among other things. And it's based on Rick Baker's Future Man mask from the early 70s. And it's weirdly, there's there's something, when you, when you strip away the color and you just step back from it, there is something ever so slightly Robin Williams-ish about the nose and mouth area of that mask. I, I will stand by that. Snaggletooth. Uh, they're actually eyes. Uh, when you're in the snaggletooth mask, you see out of the nose and obviously a very bovine sort of appearance on his nose. Very, very cowish. Uh, the, the Bosque guy in the cantina. Um, similar, (laughs) um, nothing jumps out at me. I mean, you know, just, just another very Stuart Freeborn terrestrial kind of alien, Here's a favorite of yours, Muftak. Uh, no real nose to speak of. I mean, uh, his his little proboscis actually has a little frowny mouth on the end of it uh, when you see the real one up close. So to me, that's a mouth, and I'm going to say he is Sans nose. Uh, the 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 abyssin. The uh, you know based on the Ray Harryhausen Cyclops centaur. Uh, it was a mask that Rick Baker made before the cantina that they Elaine Liska, the late great Lane Liska, modified to be the green cyclops in uh, in the cantina. Just a a, a good kind of maybe slightly apish nose. Are we sensing a trend here too of noses that are noses where they are so you can see through them? Is kind of a, a design theme here yeah and you do you can that is how you see out of that mask so (laughs) don rickles alien just a great pug nose is it comparable to don rickles nose um maybe a little bit i don't (laughs) think the don rickles thing was in in you know an on purpose thing with that alien (laughs) i think that just sort of after the fact i think it's just that he's got that grumpy sourpuss look on his face but it's it's like the Vader gumdrop nose. It's like once you once you see the connection of the Don Rickles alien and Don Rickles, it's 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 forever. Hem Dazon. I, I always thought that little round thing in the middle of his face, uh, up near the top, was his nose. Sort of this ridged, round bulb. I always assumed that was an olfactory bulb or something. I always love that. It's such a, a really weird-looking alien. There's some cool sketches that uh, Rick Baker sketched one up that looked very evil, and then Lane Liska did one that was a little more whimsical, and then the final is so, sort of somewhere in between those two, but definitely leans towards Liska's as he was the one who fabricated them. So would you say the the, the knobby nub is more the nose than the the little things above that? Where, where his eyebrows kind of curl around, because that, that could be a nose, too. That could be. That could be. I, I sort of see it like you've got the, the two eyebrow things, those noodles feel like brow to me, and then they both kind of fall on either side of that bulb. And I'm thinking on a person, you know, brow, brow, bridge of the nose. My eye goes to that, that little bulb in the middle as his nose. But that's just me. Brain guy. 
Oh man. Just one, one of those, uh, that slight turned up look, you know, where you're kind of looking right through them if you're not careful. Well, he's got a good Star Wars thing too of the very kind of asymmetrical nose. At least the the beginnings of where the one nostril's kind of going it's doing its own thing independent of the other nostril. Yeah. The the whole Bith band. So there's a little plate that happens between the like just under where the brow meets. If there's a nose, I kind of feel like that's where it is on them. But I don't know. I don't know. They might be noseless, too. I, I, I like when they they do something that sort of loses some of the features that we expect on a human. That I think that's one of the things that makes that band so successful is their proportions are just just not human. You know, they're very, very strangely proportioned. <laughs> The hair mouse. There's there's an animal behind that. I don't know. There's a almost a horse nose look to it. Uh, almost a hippo sort of thing happening. Maybe a little bulldog too. I don't know. I I I have a sweet spot for those guys. <laughs> they're they're definitely a no a nose heavy species. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a schnoz. They've yeah. got they've got some nostril. <laughs> Here's a head scratcher. Does Hammerhead have a nose? I say no. Yeah, I look at Hammerhead and I see no no possible nose unless I haven't gone underneath the mask. I don't know what's happening down there. Like, I don't believe there's <laughs> anything under there. I think it's relatively he's he's kind of smooth down there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think I'm my gut says Hammerhead's noseless. Go tall. Nose or no nose? Oh, <laughs> I, I lean towards no nose on him. I think his, yeah, no, there's no nose there. If you look at the a side view of him, it kind of looks like there's like a little bump that could be a nose, but from the front, yeah. I, I, yeah, it's, it's just it's, wrinkling. It's... Yep, he's noseless, <laughs> which is cool. Make a, a human exception here, Boshek. <laughs> Who could see anything but the sideburns? <laughs> That's true. The given. Nose, no nose. Oh, yeah, no, he definitely has a nose. Two two little tiny triangular nostrils. I, I believe they're not really triangular, but uh, slightly uh, asymmetrical as well. But they're, yeah, he's got two little tiny painted black nostrils in there. I have no idea how to say his name. The... Hem, hem nymph, hem nymphy. So here, here's so anybody who wants to see that, go to go to the Tom Spina Designs website and search the word Yam Nose, hmm. because that was the crew name for that character, which to me says he definitely has a nose. Yes. Uh, yeah, nymph something. I don't know. <laughs> uh, that's when they start getting crazy with the species and the names. Um, I believe this is the one that they call Night Lily, a.k.a. Mayum Unith or Onith, that it's supposed to be a female. I don't know. I don't know how the story ends, but I feel like it doesn't end well for the Gotel. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, definitely a nose. And the nose is, if I'm, if I'm thinking of it correctly, is up above the snout. The snout is is sort of aardvarky when you get up close on it. It has these little feelers at the end. 
but we got to restore the original mask and that's if they go to the Thomas Mann design site they'll see they can see what that original mask looked like and and some of the work we did would you say maybe yam nose is one of the ultimate noses of 1977 star wars <laughs> i certainly in in name i think I, man the hair mouse has to be up there in terms of just strength of nose uh, or at least for mass. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, nose could be. And it's a cool, I mean, if you're judging it by the snout, then, you know, no, not a lot of nose. Uh, or uh, rather than it's the snout, then it's a ton of nose. If you're not using the snout, if you're using the actual nose, which is up above it, still kind of a lot of nose, but um, much more sort of just asymmetrical cavities more than anything. And also, I believe the way you saw out of the mask to carry that trend. I wonder if there's there's two other holes up higher on the mask that could have been, you know, certainly were eye holes. I don't think they were intended. Yeah, no, I'm looking. They're not intended to be additional nostrils. Uh, and in fact, I think they might have been cut during one of the subsequent uses after Star Wars, you know, either holiday special or something like that, where they were just like, oh, the actor needs more time, more place to see. Here, cut this hole bigger. Because my guess is, at least initially, those two holes were a bit smaller. So would you think that Cabe, or Kabe, I guess, I, however you say it, is one is is a, is a, one of the uh, front runners for best Star Wars nose? Because that is a serious nose. It is four nostrils and a little thing right in the middle top, like this little protrusion with a hole in the middle of it. So I don't know if that's like a fifth nostril. Is that the controlling nostril that, that you know, <laughs> sends signals to the other ones or something? But She can smell in stereo. That's right. <laughs> or, or <laughs> quadrofactory, you know. I mean, we, and we can't forget the, the Wolfman's nose. That is a really special nose, but it's is was the Wolfman's nose. There's like a couple different versions of the Wolfman nose, right? I mean, technically, one is the Wolfman who's got a very you know beautiful little dog nose. That's the brown wolf. Uh, the other, the other one is the Deffel, which is really a bat demon. Uh, if you listen to Rick Baker, it's the bat demon guy. Um, <laughs> And while it started as the same mask as the Wolfman, it is heavily modified, totally different nose. He's got a real accurate sort of bat nose. He's got the giant bat ears. He's got a split down the middle of his lower lip. You know, it may have started as that other mask, but it's, it is not a werewolf. It is a bat demon for sure. And that's, that's a pretty good nose. Yeah, it's fascinating because I feel like it, he always is just the werewolf. But, yeah, when you really look at the mask and you just think bat demon – that's a bat demon. <laughs> yeah, you know, like if you if you if you go in knowing what they were uh, they were aiming for, you definitely get that. <laughs> so I know we were talking about some serious cantina noses, but are we just fooling ourselves? And is Doctor Avezin really the king of cantina noses? You know, uh, <laughs> I mean, my question is: so obviously he's got the scarred face and the dead eye and all of that. Was that what his nose looked like before, or is that the, you know part of the the aftermath of whatever happened to his face? Because he's got a very pig-like nose. 
very asymmetrical mm-hmm. too, but it doesn't, you know, it, to me, it almost looks like that was just his mutant nose to begin with. And, you know, half his face got blasted and it really affects his like upper cheek, his eye and a little over the eye. I'm trying to think of what accident can befall you and make your nose do that. No, no one, no one has a young Doctor Vazin's high school senior photo, with, or him in him in medical school. Like, what did what did he used to look? How handsome did he used to be? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but it, it's, I mean, there's a number of noses like that in the cantina. You know, you look at the other human uglies. You have, um, oh. Gosh, I'm losing names now, but uh, Robert Davies plays the sort of hunchy farmer guy, and he's got a little upturned, piggy-looking nose. What, uh, what did we end up calling him was uh, Demano Deomeli, <laughs> a.k.a. not Little Aunt Baru. He has that little upturned nose. You know, Granted, it's a much smaller one um there's jeff moon playing him but he has a little nose appliance uh, you know roy state has the big mashed potato nose i it's clearly uh something that stewart's team was doing intentionally to make these people look like they were mutants so i i'm of the mindset that that's that's what Dr. Evazon's nose looked like in high school and, and beyond. Uh, but that all the scars on his face and his eye is really the aftermath of what happened. to him. Oh, but you know, if we're talking human noses, we can't skip over Bobby Ramsey, one of the most unique noses. And that was not makeup. And that's someone who, uh, was a prize fighter. Who's, you know, one of the background actors here. And when he turns profile, his nose is so flattened on the bridge from, I assume, getting punched in the face, like, a lot. It's one of those things where every time I see the profile of him, it physically hurts my nose <laughs> to look at it. I I just, it it actually hurts looking at it. But no, I, I, I mean, I'm... I'm on board, you know, with putting Dr. Evazon in the rabbit running by far. That might be the best nose in the cantina. Asymmetrical, big, pig-like. I mean, those are all great nose qualities. Greedo, it's not really a nose. It's because he talks out of it. But it looks like it could be his nose because his whole face is sloping down to that little, that, that little rubber band mouth. I, I think that falls into kind of that yam nose category, you know, of like that snout that you just assume must be a nose, but isn't. The Duros also have very tiny little nostrils up near the eyes. And, you know, funny enough, that is the only place you can see out of that mask. These two little almost pinholes. It's just like this is you guys just didn't think about this, did you? You know, <laughs> <laughs> Like someone puts on the mask and wait guys you know <laughs> <laughs> well in like Pondo baba there's just like a little thing of uh of ridges there going into that uh that baby coming out at the bottom <laughs> if i'm not mistaken he's coming out back first but if i'm yeah. not mistaken the notes that Stuart freeborn took about Pondo baba was no nose you know disgusting mm. quality to the skin you know hairy mouth no nose uh skull like 
uh, all of that. And it's weird. You don't think of him as being skull like, but if you take all the hair away, he's got these sunken cheeks with the, 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 a relatively sharp cheekbone on either side and big round skull like eyes with a ridge over top. And it's just like, wow, that is kind of a skull like mask with a disgusting quality to the skin. Well, let's move on to one. I'm super curious about, uh, the Chewbacca nose. Deceptively simple. It is not as dog-like as it looks. It doesn't have as hard of a split down the center as you might think. It's it's just one part of a very effective whole. Uh, I, it, the fact that you know it it sort of doesn't jump out at you probably is good. <laughs> like, is it soft? I mean, it would have been at the time. Um, you know, you go to the archives now and it's a little rigid because the foam gets, uh, uh, more fragile over time. It gets very, uh, inflexible, but at the time it would have been soft foam latex. So yes, it would have been very soft in real life. I would imagine it, it would probably feel like a dog's nose. So one we haven't talked about before we move on to empire strikes back that I think we, we can't miss is there's a particular droid that, someone might be fond of that has a, a cute little nose. If you can guess who that is. <laughs> I can <laughs> the, you know, it's funny too. One of the guys at the shop while we were working on that kept referring to him as shrewbot. I'm like, what are you, why are you calling him a shrewbot? He's like, well, look, look at a shrew. And he looks like a, a like, you know, a little rodent uh, called it. Uh, and, and, it's like if you look up a shrew and look at those pictures, it's very much that nose. And he so CZ3 is, of course, who you're talking about. Mm-hmm. And we recently we scanned the real prop and we have a replica of that out on RegalRobot.com. There's a numbered edition that there are still some left. And if you love CZ3, please go check him out on the Regal Robot page. But the yeah, he's got this little pointy kind of nose that's flat on the front with two vertical lines in it. And it's, I mean, it's very clearly a nose and it also does look like a shrew. So kudos to Pierre at the shop for noticing that. In the Mandalorian, the Marshal, when the Jawa had a CZ3 head in its hands, did you, did you have an out of body experience at all? Did you? It was definitely nice to see. I, I, um, it's funny. I, I'm hoping if they ever need to do like a costumed version, because uh, I know which one they used for that, and it's a little undersized. If they ever wanted to do a costume version, I'm like, guys, just give us a call. We got the scan. Like, we can make this happen. We could easily use our molds to make, you know, a wearable out of this for the show. That would be a, out. That would be an out of body experience. Like, please, more CZ3. Oh, what about Long Snoot, the the snitch? Oh, I mean. His name is Snoop. <laughs> is that? Well, we now know that they can play flutes with their nose. So is that a mouth? If you can play a flute with it, I, I guess I could play a flute with my nose if I really wanted to, but I don't know. So we made the mask for the Mandalorian and I always thought of the, the mask as a mask. I thought of it something more like a Tuscan Raider. Just the fact that it wasn't done by Stewart's team led me to think that that's more of a, a face mask or a helmet than it is a creature. You know, you look at it, it's all stitched together leather and stuff like that. So either he is a patchwork of skin and that's his face or that's some sort of covering 
uh, you know, something protective or whatever for him, which I kind of like better. I always loved that Star Wars included stuff like that. Oh, gosh, at the bar, the, the pickle head has, you know, the, the gas mask on and the tube dangling and it would stick it into drinks to drink and stuff like that. Like stuff like that adds such texture. And it's just like, oh, that's not just an alien. That's an alien that can't breathe on this planet, but it really wants a drink. <laughs> and so <laughs> it's got a mask just so it can it can hang around here. And I always thought of that guy kind of like that. I thought he was shrouded in mystery. So he's wearing a mask too. makes sense to me from a character point of view. But yeah, I mean, I guess, especially with the addition of the flute, I think you got to say that's probably a mouth or or. If it is a mask, the mouth is just behind that part of it, and that's not a nose. Or if you're ever around one of them, don't use their flute because it's got nose juice all over it. I would also like, you know, I mean, they're snitches, so just don't let them know anything you don't want anybody to know because <laughs> that guy's going to just right away. Just I'm heading over to the salad bar. I forgot to wash my hands. And then just... Troops rush in. Yeah. <laughs> okay, let's move on to Empire Tauntauns. Uh, four nostrils. How great is that? They had to kick it up for the sequel. <laughs> Two nostrils aren't going to cut it anymore. <laughs> Just not going to do it. Yeah, and I mean, that's something that is on Phil Tippett's original concept sculpture, which, by the way, Synergy, we got to make, uh, we got a casting right out of Phil's molds of that, and we offer people a chance to get a direct copy of Phil's original concept sculpture for the Tauntaun, which has all four nostrils. Um, that's also at regalrobot.com. But yeah, I mean, I his concept sculpture is so spot on to what they wound up doing. They sent a copy of that, a resin copy of it over to England for them to build the full size. And then he, you know, made a duplicate of it in clay and shaved the hair off and made the, the stop motion models based on that that revised sculpture. But it's um, the four nostril things was, was there from the beginning. I always loved the Tauntaun like with the the, the cold air mm. coming yeah, out, the smoke coming out. Yep. Is that someone? Is that like the the guy inside Java? The smoke is for Java. Is, is, <laughs> is that someone just inside, just blowing smoke out of the the tauntaun? Just sitting there. If I was drinking port, it'd be the perfect job. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Uh, I always, I you know, there uh, it was definitely tubes. Uh, we got to restore one of the original tauntauns. Uh, that's on the TSD website, on the Top Speed of Design side, if you want to check that out. All this synergy, this is amazing. Um, the uh, And there's tubes on that one. That was one of the animatronic faces, and there's tubes lined up with the backs of the nostrils. My guess is they were either running hot air through those, because they, sometimes they were filming in, in Finns and Norway with those, so that's where all you needed was warm air. You know, or they were just running smoke effects through it. Uh, I don't think that was necessarily someone blowing smoke with a pipe, uh, you know, or or a cigar, especially in sub-zero temperatures. Well, not as exciting as the Tauntaun. The Wampa does have a nose somewhere there. So, with all the redesigns of the Wampa's face, what changed with the nose? 
So you've got the 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 original sort of freeborn Wampa has a very um, it's almost a cave like nose, but only with two nostrils. By the time you get to the Tippet puppet, the one that was used for the close-ups and and basically is what everybody assumed the head of the Wampa looks like, you've got really more of that ape-like nose. You're you're back to you know something kind of kind of it's not really dog-like at all. I mean, yeah, you know, a little bit Harry and the Hendersons maybe. And then by the time you get to the special edition, the nose is very similar to that. And and really, the face is similar to that puppet. It's just expanded on a little bit. I think the nose got a tiny bit smaller in that case and darker. Um, the skin in general got darker on the special edition, though. Yoda's nose. Really sort of uh, minimal, like minimalist, I would kind of say. It doesn't – it's it's interesting when you see the early versions of him, he has – uh, sort of an extension down the the center of his nose, like that um, the nose split sort of carries down his lip a little bit, uh, which I think kind of came from the the early sketches and stuff like that. Whereas the final, it's you know, it, it's the cute little you know little little pug nose, honestly. It's it's the the implied mustache lip is the thing that jumps out at me when I look at that area of Yoda. I think the fact you, you kind of don't even acknowledge his nose much. That is interesting because I hadn't thought of it that way, that it is almost like the nose exists to give you the upper lip more so than being its own feature in a way. Yeah, it's it's very minimal. It sort of recedes when you're talking about you know, big eyes, big upper lip, like the giant ears. Uh, if you gave him, you know, this really intense nose that that jumped out at you, it would be just one too many things competing for attention on that face. Do you think maybe too that the fact that he was a a hand puppet that had to speak, that having less nose, kind of made the mouth more believable? Maybe because I I would try to imagine Yoda with a big like shaking nose while he's trying to talk. <laughs> <laughs> How you get so big eating food of this? Ah, cha 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 cha. You know? <laughs> well, I think the the other maybe superstar nose. Well, okay, maybe there's two. If you had to pick a favorite, would you go with Bosk or an Ugnot? Oh, Ugnot all the way. I mean, you got. And the and the two styles, you know, you've got the the straight up boar kind of ugnot with the tusks, and then you've got your your other, I don't even know what to call them, but they've got that little upturned nose. I, I don't know. They're both pretty great. They're ugnostrils. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think we can move on to Return of the Jedi. Jabba's Palace is like, you know, Thanksgiving is coming up. It's a Thanksgiving feast of Star Wars noses. There's no there's no place like home, like Jabba's Palace. <laughs> but, we, you know, we start out with Bib Fortuna, where weirdly, Bib, Bib's nose is just about the most least interesting thing on his face. 
Well, and again, maybe that goes to the idea of what are you, you know, what are you competing for? What are we trying to get folks to look at? And if you're doing too much with it, are you going to, are you going to distract? They wanted him to be at least a little bit handsome. (laughs) Right. (laughs) They don't want to totally turn people off. What I like is that they, the, with Bib, they really didn't even try for handsome. You know, you've got that sort of big blobby bloated waddly thing underneath his neck and all of that. Uh, with with little bits dangling off it and stuff like it, it's really he's gross when you really get to it. And I always thought like those little bits dangling off are just, oh, God, they're they're rough to look at uh, when you like if you really look at them. But I I always feel like that when they do uh, Twi'leks since since this time when they've done Twi'leks, they or Twi'leks, Twi'leks, whatever. I feel like they don't make the males gross enough. I, I, you know, he's just all super lumpy and weird and giant bulbous forehead and that, that neck waddle. And like, I don't know. I feel like they miss the neck waddle on a lot of these guys. Um, and I feel like the, the texture, when you really look at him, that he's got a lot of texture on those, those head tails, um, and, and scars and things. And it's just, yeah, he's gross. He, he doesn't take good care of himself. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe he takes great care of himself and he could just look like hell. You know? <laughs> How about the frog outside Jabba's palace? Are there nostrils? Is there a nose on Wart the frog or is it noseless? I can't even tell. We've gotten to see the real puppet. I, I did not examine it for a nose necessarily. <laughs> what? Um, I know. Yeah, I mean, I kind of lean no nose. Probably he has a series of horizontal flaps. The way that they're configured to me, those could be space nostrils of some kind. Could it be since this is the third movie that he has three noses? <laughs> it could be. I mean, it really it's it's like four flaps. So I yeah, I'm gonna say that's his nose. Yeah, I'm looking at a shot of the actual puppet. I think it's. I'm gonna say it's a nose. I'm also gonna say it's an interesting nose. I'm gonna say it's a it's a nice choice. I like it. Let's go. We gotta talk about a, a big one, a major player, the Gamorian nose. That's straight up Pigtown right there. And of course, you've got that one great image that's always circulated of the Gamorrean picking his own nose. <laughs> I'm going to say it's almost too derivative of a pig nose to to be mm. like it, it's there, it's prominent, but I don't know from from a design point of view, maybe it's just it's just not not treading in a a, a, a new path. Yeah. Are, are you saying the design's too on the nose? Oh, uh, <laughs> that sounds like what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, apparently it was. <laughs> All right. Well, if we want to shake things up a little bit, how about the the king of asymmetrical noses, uh, Jabba the Hutt himself? Oh, I love that. I love his nose. I love the the direction of it. I love the shot in from Star Wars to Jedi where they're carving it up a bit on the full size. 
I love the flow and the way it sort of just comes comes off to either side. And I mean, the asymmetry is right there in the concept maquette uh, that that Phil Tippett did, the just right concept, which did you know? <laughs> Regal Robot offers a wonderful replica of one that uh, Phil Phil got a copy and loved it. So. I mean, that says everyone should love it. And those are shipping now. People just actually today, just today, the day we're recording this, started receiving those. The first 80 or so of them went out. So very exciting. But yeah, that I love that asymmetry. And I think that's, I, I, man, that's a tough one to beat right there. It's, it's, a, it's a look-defining nose. You can't do Jabba with anything else. One of my absolute favorite aliens in in Jedi is the uh, the Nikto, and mm. what's great about him is his nose is in his jowls almost. He has these sort of tubes extending down from where the bridge of his nose would be and exiting in these little sort of little tuby ports on either side of his mouth, and as an alien design. I freaking love that. That's just one of my favorite things ever. And I don't know why, but there's something about it that just speaks to me. And I, I think it's cool that they were able to, like, eliminate the nose, but, you know, sort of say, well, this stuff still happens up here, but we're going to vent it out down here. It's just going to, you know, just follow these tubes. It's, it's fine. It's all good. Yeah, I've always liked their faces. Yeah, it's a really cool one. I love that, you know, but with both the Nikto and the Klaatus that they – you know, came up with this variety of headgear for each of them, giving them all, you know, kind of a unique look and some personality. It was, it's really, really cool stuff. Yak face has a serious, serious nose. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a snout. The, yeah. And I mean that, that might be one of the largest noses in star Wars because that mask <laughs> is huge and, and possibly the smallest is a man, a man who has just two little tiny <laughs> dots on his face. Yeah. Droopy McCool is wearing his nose right up on top of his head. He's got, you know, just sort of a, a cross between a dog and a pig nose, just hanging out on the, the sort of mushroom head he's got. <laughs> it's like his whole face is a nose, basically. Yeah. <laughs> Could you say Max Rebo? Is that like a, a nose-mouth situation? So... Max Rebo has a smiling mouth underneath his elephant trunk, and it's actually on the Kenner figure, which blew my mind when I found that out, because we discovered it restoring the original prop for the archives, and I thought, like, oh my god, Max Rebo has his little red smiling mouth underneath his trunk. This is amazing. No one ever saw this before. And then I went home and I picked up my little Kenner Max Rebo figure and went, damn it. (laughs) I was scooped 30 years ago. So someone at Kenner was paying attention, man, except for the fact that they gave him legs and he doesn't. He technically doesn't have legs. His arms are his legs. But I would say because he has that mouth underneath, then that means that his trunk could be a nose. And size noodles again. It's a similar thing where it's like it's like a nose, but it's a mouth. But she has a nose over it, doesn't she? Does she? 
<laughs> he said, let's see here. No, maybe not. I don't think so. No, she's got she's got the what well, I always thought it looked like she had sort of a wide mouth and that the snook was an additional mouth. Like when you look at her, she has those two little tusks coming out on either side. And if you follow that wrinkle off of either tusk, it kind of goes into this really wide mouth. It's it's like a, a big, wide, frowny dog mouth shape or something like that. Maybe it was the concept maquette that has a nose. I don't know. You think the whole Max Rebo band, it's a lot of nose activity going on in that band. <laughs> that's Maybe that's how Max Rebo picks his musicians. Looks at the nose. You're nope, too small. You're not in the band. I just need to be people, pick people to distract from it. You know, if she's out there in front with that thing moving around, no one's ever even going to notice my snout. I'll be fine. The squid head, the quarren, it's just, it's like two fangs for a nose. Yeah, I always liked that. I thought that was neat. I, I almost wondered, he's got these little vent holes on either side of his face, too, and he's got some gills um, on either side. So there's like, you know, might those be places he was he was smelling out of <laughs> or or just pulling air in or venting? Um, he's got almost like a little tongue in the middle, too. God, he's cool. Another super asymmetrical nose is uh, Hermie Odell. Raw meat nose. Yes. Yeah, yeah. The, I mean, not to I, – I always thought he looked like a manatee. Like, like after a terrible, terrible accident, like you always saw those, like the manatees that they brought into captivity to help nurse them back to health after a boat accident or something. For some reason, that always made me think of Hermiotal as a kid and even now, apparently. <laughs> but he has like he has some manatee looks to him. You know, he's got the big snouty thing. He's got the coloration. Like, I don't know what all that bloody stuff hanging out of his mouth is but you know. you're like a kid at the beach in florida and like there's a horrible manatee accident and you're like oh look it's star wars right <laughs> yeah. it's like, uh, that says a lot about me as a kid <laughs> yeah. there, there's two jabba's palace aliens that are kind of all knows there's the toadstool terror and there's hoover i'm sure everyone listening knows exactly what we're talking about right <laughs> I don't know. The, the toadstool terror, I kind of never thought of as having much of a nose. If you look at his face, though, he's got a couple eyes. He's got his little hat kind of thing he's wearing. This little, I don't, I don't know what that is. But it, underneath, that's kind of, if you think, that's like all some kind of nose thing. Maybe. I don't know, because his neck is all flappy, too. Like, cause it kind of looks like, like louvers, you know, which... If we're gonna say that those were noses on wart, then maybe that's maybe that's a nose here. I guess it's a similar little bit of anatomy. And then Hoover, obviously, you know, just the long snout. That's clearly nosy, elephanty kind of stuff. But is that kind of in in pig guard territory where it's just it's too obviously an elephant nose? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> It's got length but no style. Oh, well, what about um, Potsnitkin? Where he's got like seven or eight nostrils going on for sure, and he's got a, a really cool like his down the center of his face is is sort of flat, and he's got nostrils on either side of that, and it's a good 
Uh, it's at least eight nostrils. I always loved his uh, the maquette for him too. It was very like Hunchback of Notre Dame looking. Yeah, that yeah, that nose. It's it's kind of it's kind of to- Tolstoy terrorish. It's yeah. What is going on there with that nose? That is intense. And what's the, he's got that little yeah that little blowhole on his forehead. What's up with that? And is that I don't know. Did the did the blowhole make it to the final or is that yeah. just? It's in the is mask and in the maquette. Oh yeah, yeah. He's got two of them. So yeah, he he needs a lot of oxygen. Well, you know what it is. It's like when you have you know eight nostrils sucking in in the front, you need a place for that to exhaust. Yeah. So that's where those blowholes on top of the head come in. Jabba's Palace. One, I'm sure you're very familiar with the Rancor nose. Oh yeah, another great asymmetrical nose. Very a, a bit Jabba the Hut like, uh, really just on its own. I, I the thing I like that we did for our, our replica of it is the uh, just a little bit of snot coming out of each thing. <laughs> you know, for every replica we're doing, there's there's going to be this little painted bit of gloss coming out of each nostril, which is just it's there on the original, and it's like there's something about that that little bit of gloss is life on a on a creature sometimes. Well, are we realizing too that that Phil Tippett is a is a master of asymmetrical noses or just creature noses in general? Since between this and the Tauntaun and Jabba, yeah, he's uh, man. Just when you talk about creature design and that a sense of what makes a great horrible monster, you know, there's a guy that was just steeped in the classics, steeped in all this killer stop motion stuff. And just brought that to Jedi as the the creature head, uh, the head of the creature shop, right from the maquette phase. Um, the the team he put together put these you know, these great little maquettes of all these different creatures, and it's amazing how faithful the the full size characters were to those original little clay sculpts. And it's just yeah, such good designs all the way around. I mean, I, there's there's Certainly more in Jabba's Palace, but I think we've hit on a lot of the good ones. Uh, what about, oh gosh, Elam sort of has, there's another one where he's got it like on the top of his head because he's got that weird sort of pincer mouth going, but he's got two nostrils way up top center on his head, big asymmetrical things. Tooth face with the little slits kind of following the the energy of the eyes coming down. Gosh, yeah, Two-Face is so cool. Probably one of the, the nose MVPs of Jedi has got to be Nine-Nub. Well, and it's it's another one of those ones where it's it's relatively subtle. You know, honestly, if you just, if it didn't have the little, the little center bit there, it could actually not be a nose at all. You know, you could very easily take one little chunk of clay off of that thing in the sculpt and he's just got those bulldog flappy bits and he's, you know, sort of somewhere between something mousy and something aquatic. But yeah, he's he's a cool one. Admiral Akbar's got some really interesting nostrils. All sorts of stuff going on with those. I always think with Akbar his his face looks so believable to me it's almost like in my mind lobsters have nostrils because Agamal Akbar does <laughs> but real lobsters don't have nostrils but I like that there's like little tendrils hanging off the flappy bits around his nostrils and it, they look like they could just close up on a moment's notice 
you know, if he needed to dive somewhere. <laughs> Ewok noses, similar to Wookiee noses? Uh, a bit. You know, Ewok noses can actually vary pretty widely. There, there are some, you know, you have that wickety look where they're very much like, you know, very much like a chewy mask uh, or a chewy nose rather. But then you have other ones that are much more pig-like. Uh, they're, they're sort of, uh, uh, you know, the, the, the nostrils just sort of face straight out. And some of them have almost ugnaughty looking noses. And then others have sort of somewhere in between. It's that triangular nose that Wicked has, but it's got the nostrils going straight in, whereas Wicked has a little more of a sort of visually pleasing, pleasant dog nose kind of look. Chief Chirp has got a crazy nose. He's got one of the crazy ones. They're almost like it's almost like a bat nose. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. Yeah, it's just, uh, like kind of oval with a couple of vertical slits just going straight into his face. And I feel like that's like the Vader gumdrop, where it's just not something you ever think about. But once you really start looking at Ewok noses, really paying attention to these things, it's kind of fascinating. <laughs> It's like the best way to tell Ewoks apart is to look at their nose almost. And actually, I'm looking at Chirpa. He's got the one where the shape is very similar to Wicket's nose, but it's the pig-like nostrils. And it's funny. I mean, the thing that uh, always gets me about Ewoks is how not cute they are. Um, (laughs) You know, everybody thinks of them as, as really cute, but then you start looking at them and other than Wicket, they're they're pretty gnarly looking, you know, um, and and a lot of them have kind of angry looking eyes and the, these kind of weird noses and and exposed teeth and they're just they're they're pretty pretty butch man they're kind of, yeah. they can they, they could eat you. What, what did I say, Jason? That they look like teddy bears that smoke a lot of cigarettes or something like that. <laughs> just just scotch and a pack of luckies. Yeah. Just, these guys, just, you know, like, just chain smoking the weekend away. Ah, it's uh, really nice to have you for dinner. Uh, do you mean have me here for dinner? Yeah, whatever. Yub yub. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> So one of the, one of the best noses I think of I think the saga across the board and someone according to legend who is cast because of his nose the emperor Palpatine I never I never heard that he was cast because of his nose that's neat what's hysterical is you know with the giant eye bags and weird crazy lumpy head and the the stretch stipple skin all over his neck and chin I think of him as having a great chin more than anything. And it's not a strong chin. Like when you get Ian McDermott out of the hood and makeup and stuff, it's actually, you know, pretty, pretty recessed when it comes to chins. But he's it's I don't know. There's something about that that jumps out at me more than his nose. It's the nose that holds it all together, though. It's the glue. <laughs> nice. Because <laughs> there is a lot going on with his face, and if, if his nose couldn't hold it up, it would it would just all fall apart. One morning I got a call from my agent who said there's a car on his way. George Lucas would like to see you. Oh, really? Um, and and as, as I was having the conversation, the car had arrived. <laughs> so I got into that car, and I went down to Pinewood where they were filming. They just started to film Return of the Jedi, and I... Like no one else, nobody knew anything about it except obviously it was a continuation of the saga. But uh, in the middle of it was this very straightforward, rather shy person called George Lucas, 
uh, with Richard Markland, sadly, um, died much too young, the director of that movie. And we had a conversation of about 10 minutes. Uh, they didn't even have time to have lunch because they'd already started shooting. They had other things to do. And it was a very pleasant conversation. I still didn't know why I was being seen or what the plot was or anything like that. And on my way out, although he denies it, it's true, he said, hey, thanks for coming. Great nose. And I thought, that really means I've got the part. And of course, we all know, you know what he meant. Because the nose was the only part of my face that in Return of the Jedi we actually saw, because everything else was under latex. Which I didn't so Tom, noses in Star Wars. What do you think the future is? Have, have you been impressed with any noses in, in The Mandalorian so far? Where, where do you think they can go with noses in Star Wars future? Oh, I mean, <laughs> they can... Uh, when, when, when you're talking noses, they can have their pick. I, I, I don't know. I don't think I can be a nostril domus and, and come up with um, where this is all headed. I, I just, to me, I think the coolest thing that, that is happening in Star Wars, and this has been through the new movies and uh, certainly The Mandalorian, is that they're still doing practical creatures. They're still clay getting pushed around and and things being made and and stuff on set i think that's just the coolest thing about it and i i love that on mando that they've embraced some of the old aliens and brought them back and and i i look forward to seeing them do more of that and i you know can't wait to see uh some of those other noses that we've we just went over and know and love show up in the future i think that would be amazing it's only a matter of time before they bring Toadstool Terror back. Well, you know, I could totally see them doing that because they seem to like finding stuff that got passed over and put it in there, you know. And, and I, that's one of the things that, that I was hoping out of the new movies, too, was just, you know, I, I go through that cantina scene, obviously, with a very fine comb. But there are so many cool aliens in there like the brain guy and the Don Rickles alien and stuff that, that, uh, and the given that barely get seen on screen, if at all. And you could easily get those guys into the foreground in any of these, these shows and they would look outstanding and they'd be, they, they already are star Wars. So you don't have to even figure out how to make a new alien feel star Wars. Um, and, it's not something that's been done to death. It's not something that's used all over the place. So, you know, let's let's give some of these guys that were in the shadows, uh, let's shine a little light on their noses and put them in and uh, bring them bring them into the the light. CR may never be the same. It's coming February 25th. Return of the Jedi. It's thrilling. It's dangerous. It's delightful. It's the movie our whole galaxy has been waiting for. So reserve your copy now and invite a friend over. Return of the Jedi from CBS Fox.
And these last points, too accurate for sand people. Only Imperial stormtroopers are so precise. So you knows what the deal is with Apple Podcast Reviews. If you're done listening to this and uh, you listened on some sort of Apple thing, go write us a nice little review. Say something nice. It helps the show in ways that nobody understands how it works. And But more importantly, we love reading your reviews on the show. And after that, check out our website, BlastPointsPodcast.com. And make sure to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. And if you're on Facebook, make sure you're a member of the Blast Point Super Chill Group. That chill group is so fun. If you're not there, you got to go do it. It's it's absolutely one of the best places on Facebook, which I know is not a high bar. But, <laughs> um, but actually, you know what some of the best places on Facebook are, though, are the Tom Spina Designs and Regal Robot Facebook pages. So, I mean... I would encourage folks to maybe go join those after they've joined the Blast Point Super Chill group. And uh, and they can always find me at uh, as at Regal Robot or at Tom Spina Designs on all sorts of social media. And they can uh, certainly go to RegalRobot.com or TomSpinaDesigns.com. Explore all the cool Star Wars stuff we've done over the years and please sign up for those newsletters. And you'll get updates whenever we put something cool up on the sites. And you'll be alerted when we do sales at Regal Robot, which, you know, we're just weeks away from Black Friday. So if you want to know what's happening at Regal Robot and what the big sales are going to be, please sign up for that mailing list or follow us as at Regal Robot. And you'll be the first to, to, to be in the nose about it and, and take advantage. And, uh, yeah, we have so much cool stuff going out. I just, as always, can't wait to share it with people. And there's, you guys actually even got a sneak peek at some stuff just today. And it's just kind of, it kills me that I can't share even more than we already have. Yeah. So exciting. So cool. I love seeing all the new stuff. I mean, yeah, it's like been every week there's been new stuff coming out. It's, it's crazy. It's wonderful. Thank you. It's And it's nuts on our end just in terms of the amount of work that goes into it. We're this small little shop. All all our stuff is made in the U.S. All the stuff is made by hand. And so, you know, every time you see a product out there, we mean it. <laughs> like, that doesn't happen without a ton of effort by a lot of people. And, um, you know, so it, it's just really cool when we put out new stuff and people appreciate it and bring it home and put it into their collections and their, their homes and their lives. And, and it's just amazing to me. I keep seeing people, if you bought stuff from us, share, if you share pictures online, just tag us or email us pictures and we'll share them. I can't tell you how cool it is to see when someone sends me a picture, they're like, you know, living room with some of our stuff hanging on their wall or their collection room with our busts in among all those, these other great collectibles is just like, it blows my mind to know that we're a part of these people's lives in a way. And, and, you know, sharing the art that we're doing and that they're enjoying it and sharing it with their friends. Like that's, Oh my God. Yeah. It's amazing. Absolutely amazing. And so cool. Tom, we appreciate you coming on so much. We, we sent you a message. Hey, yeah, noses. It's the part I was born to play, you know. <laughs> so, yeah. And now, thank you as always for having me. And and 
you know, for continually bringing me on for only the most serious and challenging subjects. Your your enthusiasm knows no boundaries. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so, so, yeah, thank you so much for still not saying no. We're trying so hard to get you to say no, and you haven't. I, I am just afraid to, to hear what you guys come up with next. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? Who knows indeed. <laughs> well, well, thank you all so much for listening, and uh, we'll, we'll talk to you next time. Thanks, guys. Take care. Bye-bye. May the force be with you. Goodbye, old friend. May the force be with you. curious to see what folks say. I, I have a feeling you know, the mark of if we did this right is going to be if people point out the ones we missed. <laughs> yeah. You know it. Because if they don't, then we've lost them. Then yeah. no one's actually listened. But if someone picked out something we missed, that means they went through this whole thing Heard every word we were saying and thought, you didn't go far enough. Right. And that's our kind of people. And that's I what believe, I hope to see. I can't believe if we I missed something. This whole thing. You let us know. We need to know because that tells us you're really listening and we appreciate that. <laughs> oh, that's great. May the force be with all of you.